We're not getting the victory we've been desiring, so let's keep pressing. I'm asking you to come on into the more. Sacrifice more. Give more. Do more for the glory of God. Amen? Let's get into this so we can pray. Because I believe God is about to do something in this room. I'm not going to read this verse, but Luke chapter 1 verse 51 says, He has shattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. Church, we live in an age right now where we have promises from God, do we not? Our, our word is full of promises. Is that true? Our word is full of promises. But do you realize we live in a time right now where, where the world is trying to take away the promises of God from you? Understand this. The rainbow was given to us, not to another community. It was my promise from my God before another community adapted it. Are you there, church? It's my promise. Do not let the world dull down the promises of God. Are you there? How many of you as a child, you, you sat around and you drew or you used your crayons and you, you imagined things and you drew things. And when you played, you took your little trucks or your little army men or your little, little Barbie dolls and you had imaginary things going on. Did anybody do that as a child? A few of us, right? Pretty much everybody in here. When you played, when you read stories in history, those of us that like history, and you read about the Alamo, and you were dreaming if you could just go back with one, with like a 22 or something, you could change history. Anybody have those kind of... Did you have an imagination? When you read something, when you read in the stories of the Word of God, did you imagine what Jesus actually did? When, he, when you read about him spitting and making the mud, or spitting and touching the man's tongue, when he told to go and wash, do you envision, do you have an imagination? Are you all there, church? I know it's Sunday morning, but are you there? Do you have an imagination? When you were younger, and you were practicing, and you were wanting to get on that football field, did you have an imagination of what you could do? If they just put me in the game, coach? Basketball players, soccer players, softball players. When you sit down and, as a child and you're playing the piano, when you're just playing simple things, you're imagining one day I'm going to play something better than what I'm playing today. Is this true? Did you have an imagination? What happened to your imagination in the things of God? What happened to your dreams of what God can do in this region? What happened to your dream about, about over your grandchildren and your children, your great-grandchildren, the callings of God, the giftings of God over their lives? What happened to your imagination about them? Just because today they're sticking needles in their arms and today they're, they're snorting and they're drinking and they're doing all these things, don't stop dreaming and believing what God's call is over their life. See, the Word of God talks about their imaginations were evil. And if you flip over to Romans chapter 1, in Romans chapter 1, and I believe that today we're watching a lot of Romans 1 happen in our day and time. Okay, but look at verse 20. Romans chapter 1 verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen. 
being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godheads, so that they are without excuse. Do you see that those around us in the world are without excuse? People are without excuse around us. Why? Because they see the wonders of God. They see what God has done. And the Bible clearly states right here, they are without excuse. Verse 21. Because, although they knew... Y'all see where it says they knew God? They did not glorify Him as God. Nor were they thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. They became vain in their imaginations. They chose to go the way of the world rather than the way of God. Church, and I'm telling you right now, the, the world has dulled or down our imagination of what God can actually do. When the Bible tells us He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above what I can ask or think according to the power that is at work inside of me. That means I need to be imagining what God's about to do around me. When I find, let me tell you how I operate. When I find out I'm headed somewhere and I wake up in the wee hours of the morning and I'm praying and I'm doing my thing, I start imagining what God's going to do in these services. And I start writing down as I start seeing it in my spirit, I start writing it down. Lord willing, I'm headed back to speak at a Bible school in Texas in April. And I'm already praying and I've already got things written down that I know God's going to do in those because I've already seen it. Are you here, church? When you go, when you go at, at New Year's or Christmas or Thanksgiving and you go around your family and you've got all the food there and you you should have an ulterior motive. I'm here on the purposes of the Lord of glory. I'm about to eat with you, but we fix and talk about Jesus. You're going to be uncomfortable, but just know I'm coming. Uncle Jason's coming. Everybody knows it. When we go to Papa's house, before we do anything, we're going to take communion together. And guess who's going to lead it? I am. And everybody's going to get uncomfortable. Then we're going to sing about Jesus. Then we can move on. I got an ulterior motive. Because what you've got to understand is everywhere I go, I've got an imagination of what God's wanting to do in her life, in her life, in his life, in his life, in her life. Are you with me? I am imagining right now the miracles that's happening in this room because I will not allow the enemy to dull down what God has already given unto us. Dream big, dreamers. Where's your dream? Dream big. There are so many of us in here that have been to prophetic conferences and had prophets come in and, and they've spoken a word. They laid hands on us. They came and they prophesied over us and they said this and that over our lives. And now we grew up and we have yet to accomplish what that man or woman of God said. And we're going, where is it? Where's the fulfillment? Let me tell you right now, in your obedience, be obedient to God and it will come to pass. Keep dreaming. Keep standing on the Word of God. Keep believing it shall come to pass. When the angel came to Mary, she said, let it be unto me according to the Word of the Lord. And when God's got a plan over your life, the enemy cannot stop you if you'll stay in obedience and according to the plan of the Lord, it shall come to pass. It doesn't matter what doctors have declared over us. We are living proof of this. Aren't we, brother? Just two years ago, we should be dead by now. But God. 
When brother Stephen Willis and I went to that brother's house, he was practically dead. I'm telling you, it was bad. But God, it's not us. It was God. All we did was obedience to the word of the Lord. And we brought hope and we prayed in the prayer of faith. And God did the workings. But before I ever went, I knew where I was headed. I started imagining what God was about to do. Are you there, church? When you lay hands on the sick, you must the sick, you must have expectation of a what is really going on. Are you there, church? Where's your imagination of the majesty of God in people's lives? Well, I hope something. No, no, don't pray in hope. Pray in faith. Pray with expectation. This is about to be really good. It was in Kenya. And I called up, I had a very specific word about eyes. And I called up and there was eight of them right in front of me. And I stepped down there and I started praying for these people. And every one of them was instantly healed. It was amazing. They were taking their glasses off and just throwing the glasses away because they didn't need them anymore. I'm talking all kinds of, of issues of eyes. I even watched a man that, again, I'm not a doctor, but what I call a cataract. He had a film that you could physically see over his eye. Y'all ever seen somebody like that? I watched that thing in front of me fall into his eyelid. He took his finger and flicked it on the ground. I'm telling you, it was simply amazing. And I'm just going down. I get over to the last lady. She is completely blind. And I've looked at my friend that's with me and I called him by name. I said, Keith, get over here. You're about to watch this happen in front of you. Because I had seen so many blinded eyes in front of me open, but he had never seen it. I said, come watch this because you're about to watch it happen. In the name of Jesus. Nothing happened. The same God who was moving right here, right here, right here, right here. All seven of these get to the eighth one. Nothing. God is still in the room. I can see the angel of the Lord in the room with me. I know healing is here. It's not happening. And then the woman looks at me. And in her broken English. She tells me. I'm good with my blindness. I will allow God to use my blindness to reach people. I backed off of her. Because she had taken the blindness as her own. Are you following me? I think I told this story two years ago, but I'm going to tell it again. There was a lady who brought a handkerchief similar to this. And again, if you've got somebody that you can't bring here, whatever, bring something, lay it up here. We will pray. You take it back and lay it on them and we'll watch God do something. Okay. Acts 19, 11 and 12. You can verify me in the Bible. Okay. But this lady brought a handkerchief similar to this. We prayed in the name of Jesus. She took it back home. Her dad had not walked, I think it was four years. She laid that handkerchief on her father and nothing happened. They went to bed. Around two o'clock in the morning, daddy woke up, swung his legs out of bed for the first time in four years. He walks outside and he looks at the moon and he starts telling, you know, starts, wow, this is so beautiful. Because if you've not seen the moon in four years, you forget how beautiful it really is. And he's standing there and he's, wow. And he looks down at his legs and he says to himself, but I can't walk. 
He turns around. He walks back into his house. He lays in his bed and he's never walked again. Because you cannot receive what you don't believe. Dreamers. Dream. I'm calling it forth in this room right now. What are you expecting? What are you believing for? What are you dreaming God to do? A business you're wanting to start and it seems like failure, failure. Don't quit dreaming. Someone close to you has died. It doesn't mean it's the end of you. What it means is you now step into something else and you fulfill and you keep dreaming the will of God over your life. Your marriage fell apart. And it seems like death is reigning around you. And what can God ever do with keep dreaming? Keep dreaming. You were hurt in another church and they offended you. And you've never, never worked serving and doing in a church again. You got to let life come back inside of you and you got to keep dreaming. You got to keep dreaming, church. Where is your dream? Because in your dream is your destiny. And in order to fulfill it, you got to keep believing. You got to keep receiving. You got to stay in obedience. And you got to keep dreaming. Are you there, church? Because even the world knows what to do. They keep, people in the world in business, they fail and they keep dreaming. They fail and they keep dreaming. Politicians don't get elected, they keep running. They keep running. What's the history on Abraham Lincoln? How many times was he defeated? And yet he kept running. He, and he became the President of the United States. And we all know history. Thank God for presidents and for men and women who keep seeking and fulfilling what they feel God has called them to do. So you were hurt. So you were offended. Come on, let's let it go. And allow that dream to come alive. I'm telling you, there are things inside of you that God put there. Even as a kid, people ask you as a kid, what are you going to do? How many of us said, oh, I'm going to grow up and be a drug addict, an alcoholic, and end up in prison? That's my goal right there. I want to, I want to end up in prison as a drug addict. I want a doctor to tell me I got two months to live. That's, that's my goal because of what I did. That's, that's what I'm after right there. Nobody in this room. What did you say? Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And when I grow up, I'm going to. And what you allowed was the people to tell you you're too dumb. You're not smart enough. You can never do that. You're not the right color. You're not the right man or woman. You, 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 you. Your brother can do it, but you can't do it. And you let people squish your dream. You let people squish your identity. You let people squish everything about you. And I'm telling you, come alive. I'm telling you, come alive. Dry bones, come alive. Let breath of heaven come on you and bring your bones that are broken back together. Bring sinew and nerve endings back over you. And let your spiritual man stand up and be awakened in the things of God. And fulfill your destiny and purpose. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is in this place. And He's trying to breathe life over you. Hmm. I'm telling you, it's strong. I'm telling you right now, if you will receive this. People told you you will never amount to anything. All that be cut off of you right now. So your speech is not like somebody else's speech. So you can't do this or that. Tell that to Moses. Stick his hand in it, come out leper. Stick a hand back in, come out clean. 
Water turns into blood. All of a sudden, lice, and all of a sudden, frogs. All of a sudden, the angel of death comes, and God gave him a word of how to overcome that. Come on, people of God. Come on, people of God. Somebody's got to step into it. Have you ever read about the children of Israel coming out of Egypt? And the Bible says there was not one feeble one among them. Have you read that? And we take that and we, oh yes, hallelujah. It's, it, it's not written in there. But you got to know, there were sick people in Israel. Before they were Israel. In Israel. When they were in Egypt, they were oppressed. They were beaten down until a man named Moses came along. Anointed by God. You just got to know what the man was doing during the day. When he wasn't in the house of Pharaoh. Because the Bible says there was not one. Men of God, women of God, you got to go and do what we're called to do. Are you getting what I'm telling you? And when we go and do, it affects everybody around us. We need revival in Camden. We need revival in Washita and Calhoun and Union, don't we? And whatever county you come from. Well, one day God's going to send Carmen. I thank God for Carmen. He greatly influenced me back when I was a young man. I thank God for men and women of God. But listen to me. You're not waiting on a man or woman of God. God's waiting on you. Do you know how much authority and power is in this room right here? Do you know how many Camden shakers and Hampton shakers and Bearden shakers and Harold shakers and all? Even locust shakers are in the room. If I'm looking at men and women of God, then I'm looking at purpose. I'm looking at destiny. I'm looking at authority. I'm looking at power. Some of us may be mayors and, 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 and city council members and, and uh, board, uh, school board members. You be mighty for God where God has put you. And if you feel called into that, you go with everything you have. And don't let people tell you you're not qualified. If God calls you, you're qualified. Because in my weaknesses, He is. Stop with the excuses and step into faith. I'm not going to read it, but First Chronicles 28.9. The Lord searches and understands all the imaginations of thoughts. Look at Genesis chapter 11 real quick. Genesis 11. Because even when the world comes together, things happen. Genesis 11, verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. Genesis 11, 1. Do y'all see? What did, they, what did the whole earth have? One language. One speech. They had one voice. They were under one. What happened? What happens in Genesis 11? Well, the Tower of Babel. Look at verse 5. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Verse 6. And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one, and they all have one language, and this is what they will begin to do. Now check what he says here. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Why? 
This was before Jesus, before authority and power had been given unto us, before all of this. This is people of the world. And God says of the people of the world, because they're working as one and they're a unit together as one, nothing will stop them. Can you imagine what would happen if a room like this would come together with one purpose and one mind and one accord? Of all nations and tribes and creeds that's represented in this room right here, we would come together as one purpose and one voice for the glory of God. Can you imagine what would happen in a region? When we didn't care who got the glory and what church it happened in, all we cared was God came and He saved my son, He saved my daughter. I don't care where they go to church, what I care is they're on fire for Jesus. But no, we build our buildings to put our name on it, to build an accolade unto man, and it's wrong. We're building the kingdom of God. For 44 years they've worked, and it's not because of their name. It's because of the name of Jesus. They have given, they have sacrificed more than most people know. Their children can tell stories that nobody else will know, but of the sacrifice and the giving. Why? Because they love Jesus and they love people. And they were pursuing the call of God and the destinies of God and the purposes of God. The same thing you must be doing. And don't be discouraged when politicians come and people berate on us and they speak evil of us. What are you going to do? You're going to count it all joy. When our name is in the paper. Oh, hallelujah. I just got some credit in heaven. They call it street cred, don't they? I just got me some heaven street cred right there. Why? Because you abused my name. Because you see, you wake up one morning at two something in the morning when the telephone's ringing. And someone is calling your name. And they start telling you, I want to hook up with you. And I want to meet with you. And I want to do this with you. And it's a man. And I'm like, what are you talking Hold up, hold up, buddy. What are you talking about? Well, I got your name and all of this information. Where did you get my name and information about this? On the wall at Walmart. I went up there, 5 o'clock in the morning. Opened that stall. It says, for a good time and a and a and you want a call Jason and Lillian. It wasn't just my name. It was my wife's name on there, too, with our telephone numbers. Not everybody going to like you. Here I be. Here I am. Demons try to kill me all the time. I'm still standing. I'm still dreaming. People try to kill my dreams all the time. I'm still believing God. And my imagination is still going strong. Because I know that through my God I shall. And I know Daniel chapter 11 that says, Those that know their God will do mighty exploits for their God. That's me. That's you. Keep dreaming. Dreamers dream. Are you getting this, church? I'm telling you, you got to start dreaming again. You got to start dreaming again because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly. But what all I can ask are, 
according to the power that's at work. I got a good imagination. In my mind, I'm seeing the stadiums full. Christmas Eve, I'm at their house, my parents' house. Got a message right there. Got invited back to Pakistan to preach in a church of 25,000 people in Pakistan. That's been in my imagination before. Come on, Jesus, bring it to pass. Are you, are you hearing me? Dreamers, dream. What are you dreaming for? I want to see somebody. I want to see. I want to keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Don't allow the enemy to kill your dream. Even business. So God called you out of ministry back into business doesn't mean your ministry vision dies. Whoever you are, in, I'm telling you right now. You, you used to be in ministry and God called you back into the workforce. And because you're in the workforce, you think your ministry vision is dead. It's not dead. It's still alive because you're still alive. Woo! You better hear me. You floundering around because you don't know what to do. You better let, I'm telling you, you better let that thing come alive in you again. Because you're miserable and you don't know what to do. And you think it's because you misstepped. You didn't misstep. God called you where He called you. But this ain't dead over here. Mm. Come on, holy. Genesis chapter 11, same chapter. Look at verse 9. Therefore, its name is called Babel. Why? Because the Lord came and He dispersed their language. And when their language got dispersed, what happened to the people? They were scattered. Church, the church is scattered today because we've lost our language. Love is our language. And we've lost it. We dance around it and we know how to speak enough. But when another group tries to come in and help, oh, all of a sudden, well, we just don't know if we can. hmm, I just don't know about them. Well, all of a sudden you think you have more than somebody else. If the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, and they say he dwells in them, then you are brothers and sisters in Christ. Period. We got to get over ourselves and we got to keep dreaming. Because when we come into unity, Ephesians 4, he gave unto them apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. For what purpose? For perfecting of the saints, to bring what, 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 what? For what purpose? Unity of faith. What it does not say is unity of doctrine. I don't even agree with my own doctrine. I'm just saying. Because every day the more I know about Jesus, the more my own doctrine changes. But what it does say is unity of faith. That means you and I got to come under the same banner of holiness and righteousness and His name is Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Because what happens? Verse 8. One up. So the Lord scattered them from abroad, from over there, from there over the face of all the earth, and they ceased building the city. Why? Because they lost their language. When we come together, no matter our denomination, no matter, no matter, what we've got to decide is what can we agree on? Can we agree that Jesus is the Son of God? 
Can we agree he was born of a virgin birth? Can we agree he lived a sinless, perfect life? Yet he that knew no sin, he became sin and he died for us on the cross. Can we agree that God raised him from the dead by the Holy Ghost on the third day? And he raised him up and he ascended on high where he ever liveth to sit at the right hand of the God to make intercession for you and me. Can we agree on that? Then what else matters? Well, do you believe in the tulip of Calvinism? I'm not even going to go there with you. Are you Armenian or Calvinist? I'm Jason. That's who I am. Well, are you a Baptist? Listen to me. If you want to go down that road, I'll go with you. The Baptist is going to preach repentance unto Jesus. So go ahead and call me one because that's what I'm going to preach to. Are you a Jehovah Witness? I'm a, Je- I'm a witness for Jehovah everywhere I go. Huh? Are you a Presbyterian man? Oh, I believe in the sacraments all day long. I will take communion with you every day. I take it all the time by myself in my prayer room. Keep going through them. Which one you want to get on? I believe it. Go ahead and call me one because I'm a Christian. Therefore, the full counsel of the Word of God is what I believe. But I'm telling you, we got to keep dreaming, church. One more scripture. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Y'all remember what happened in the book of Acts when they came into unity? What happened when they had all things together in one accord? What happened? Guess what happened when they were in one accord for about 10 days? What happened? The Holy Ghost came on them. What would happen if we could just get in accord in a prayer meeting and linger in the presence of God? But we don't want to talk about lingering anymore. We don't even know what that means anymore. To linger in His presence. To most of us, that means about 15, 20, 45 minutes, an hour at the most. Because we have services where you can feel the presence of God and we release people and the worshipers are worshiping and they say, when you feel, you go ahead and within an hour it's over. We have forgotten what the old timers know about when they said we lingered in His presence. See, we used to sing a song that said, I will linger, I will stay in His presence day by day until His likeness may be seen in me. We gotta, what we got to do is get back in the presence of God and keep dreaming, church. You got to keep dreaming, church. Philippians chapter 2. I believe it's verse 2. What's this say? Fulfill my joy. What? By being like-minded. Having the same. Being in one and one. That's what we got to do. That's what we, right here in this room, have to do. Sunday morning, July 5th, 2020. What we've got to do is we've got to drop all of our animosities and hatred for one another, hatred for family. We've got people sitting on this side of the room that hate somebody on this side of the room. We've got to stop it right now. We've got to forgive our brother because if we don't forgive, neither will our father forgive us. Oh, I love me some Jesus. Not if you don't love your brother, you don't. Because how can you love God if you can't even love your brother who you can see? And you can't even see God and you claim to love him? Because it's easier to love something you can't see. Because I got to deal with you every day and you make it hard. True or not. We make it hard for each other sometimes. What does the Bible say right here? What do we got to do? You got to fulfill. This Paul, that's Apostle Paul talking to the church of Philippi. He says, fulfill my joy by being. Being means active. It's active. You in an active state of doing what? Like-minded. 
Come on, church. Those of us coming back tonight at 4 o'clock for prayer, 5 o'clock for service, we're going to come in that door right there, one accord. Like-minded, full of love, full of faith, full of expectation, full of dream. See, staff has got a dream of what God's going to do. Worship team's got a dream of what God's going to do. Back there in the crow's nest, they got a dream of what God's going to do. Even when... Somebody came in the night before and messed up all the sound system because their family came and played and now they can't hear right and everything's out of order. They still got a dream about what God's going to do. I appreciate y'all. Because see, I see things that other people, because I understand it. Knobs get turned to accommodate us and now it's not right the next morning. Guess what? It doesn't change the dream. Would you come up to the piano? It doesn't change the dream. It doesn't change what we have expectation over as we're in this booth over here or we're standing right here or we're over there. We have expectation. And this is what worshipers are expecting. The presence of God to come in such a way that the preacher don't even get to get up and do his thing. Miracles break out. All of a sudden, wheelchairs come wheeling down and the guy just don't even make it to the front. They just come running out of and gone. That's what they're believing God to do. Those back there have a whole different expectation of what God's going to do. The staff that's up here has got a whole other expectation. And dreams are coming together in expectation. And when we as dreamers come together, God's going to move because we have expectation in us. We come in this room expecting. We will see miracles. They will happen today. There will be nations birthing young people today. Even some of us that as a young person, you you went to a youth camp. Somebody preached, you got stirred and you committed to something you have yet to fulfill. And it birthed inside of you that day and it was from God. But because of choices and because of things of life, it has yet, I'm telling you right now, stir it up to remembrance. Holy Ghost, stir up these dreams inside of us right now. Stir up the remembrance of it right now inside of us. Would you stand to your feet? What I'm going to ask you to do is I want you to tell the Holy Spirit right now. Holy Spirit, I want you to need you to stir up inside of me remembrance of the giftings and impartations where men and women of God laid hands on me and things were imparted to me. Stir it up right now. Come on, ask the Holy Ghost. Today, God, bring it back to my remembrance. I stir it up inside of me. It doesn't matter. I was in an alternative lifestyle. I was doing this. I was doing that. I was a, this is who I used to be, but that's not who I am anymore. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am a new creation. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. You're here. Pastor. There's some people here. They're going to come to you. That need to be baptized in water. You know how to accommodate that, right? We'll make that happen. You're here and you need to be baptized. Or you're here and you say, man, I've been, I, I've just been dead to the things. I've been going through the motions. And I want to start today as my day of new beginning. I'm, I, you come to Brother Jerry. And he'll walk you through. Do you hear me? Because I'm telling you right now, there's dreams in this room. There is... There's things that people, offense came, people, family, churches, ministries, 
people, I'm telling you right now, it has died inside of you. You feel like it. It's not dead. It's still there. Come on, call it to life. Call it to life. Just like that grass right now outside that looks dead. It's all brown. Guess what happens when spring comes? When the heat comes back and the rain, guess what's going to happen? It's going to come back to green. It's going to come back alive. It's going to something going to happen on the inside of you. I'm telling you right now. Come on. Come on, somebody. Speak life over you right now. Speak life. Come on. Receive the life of the Holy Ghost in this house. You're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We got to start there. You're here. Somebody invited you this morning, said, you got to come. You got to come here. This guy, he's pretty radical. And God's been stirring your heart. Dear sir, dear young lady, I invite you come right up here in front of me right here. And we want to introduce you to Jesus because this is not about me and you and Jesus. This is about me. Somebody going to introduce you to the Lord of glory. This is not our day of running anymore. This is our day of surrender to Jesus. This is our day to get it right with God. Is there anybody else? Don't you leave this place. I'm telling you, let hope. Look, somebody did you wrong. You Things that were done to you should never have been done and no one would even listen to you. Your own mama told you you was lying. I need you up here right now. We're going to get it right today. We're going to let it go. Forgiveness. You're here today. You're backslidden in your heart. You know one time there was a time when you gave your life to Jesus, but you've been running in your heart. And your heart is, you've been, the whole time I've been talking, it's just like darkness inside of you. Come on up here with me right now. Come right up here in the front. And let's get it right with Jesus today, right in here, right now. Holy Ghost life. I know there's more. Don't miss your chance. Don't miss your opportunity. Don't miss your... Don't don't you do it. Don't you let today get by you. Holy Ghost life. Holy Ghost life. Holy Ghost. Come on, if you're still standing out there, just keep speaking life over yourself. Keep breathing life by the Holy Ghost, by the power of God. Breathe life. Come on, let the Holy Ghost stir it up. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up up inside of you. Come on. Let the waters of life come on your spirit, man. Let those seeds come alive again. Those roots getting some water. Refreshing of the Spirit of God. Refreshing of the Spirit of God. Continue to pray up here. Let God have His way right here. Spirit of the living God, move. 
Today's our day of change. Today's our day of deliverance. Today is our day of freedom. As they continue to pray, you're standing out here. And you say to me, Brother Jason, I've allowed the world, I've allowed people, I've allowed things to steal my dream. I know I'm called to greater. I know I'm called to the more. I know I'm called to nations. I know I'm called to do this or that. Whatever it is in business. What doesn't matter to me. In ministry, whatever it is. And you know you are not in that place yet. Come on, I just want you to raise your hands to heaven. And we're going to ask God to breathe life over that. And to bring you into your destiny. To bring you into your purpose. And to let your dreams continue to dream your dreams. If you're here right now, receive it by faith that it is God who realigns us. It is God whose purpose, it is God whose destiny is released over our lives. And I'll tell you, dreamers, dream. Dreamers, dream. Let the dreams of God be awakened all over this room. Let the dreams of God where the enemy has lied to you, where doctors have told you, you only got to live. Keep dreaming. Keep dreaming. Let hope rise up inside of you. Let the dreams of God be awakened over you right now. Right in now. Right now in this place, in this time, in this season. Be awakened. Be loosed over us right now. We receive it. Come on, just tell him, thank you. I receive it, God. We stir it up to remembrance. We stir it up to remembrance and we say thank you. Thank you, God. Let the dreams, let the dreamers dream the dreams. The expectation of heaven in this place. Now you're here. and You got physical sickness in your body and you came expecting a miracle. I'm not asking you to come up here for prayer just yet. What I'm asking you is where you are, you expect God's going to do something in your body when you come up here. You expect that when we pray, something amazing is about to happen. Today is your day for a miracle. Today is your day for deliverance. Today is your day for the amazing to happen in your physical body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your intellect. Come on. I want you up here right here. Come on across the front right here with us right now. And we're about to pray in the amazing. We are believing for the amazing, the miracle working power of God. You're here and you've got sickness in your body. You've got doctors have told you and you have expectation. Today, I'm not walking out of here the same way I came. Today's my day of healing. And you need prayer. Please come right now. Yes, sir. Right here, right now. Don't miss your time. All these things. I'm telling you, cancer. Bow to the name of Jesus. Jesus' name. Jesus. Anybody else? Anybody else? This is it. Nobody else needs healing and you have expectation that Jesus is about to do it. All right. Jesus' name.